the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back. It's been a kind of little quieter this week, looking at the uh, stock market. You haven't had... uh, Another 10% day, <laughs> up or down. Uh, it's just uh, interesting. But, uh, yeah, things are actually uh, I, I, starting slowly to improve. But you got to look for the improvements because, see, the, the media, um, not well, I should say, not all the media is working in your best interest. Uh, the media, like myself, I don't, I don't sell ads, so... I'm actually just here to talk about the market and talk about my business. Um, since I'm not dependent on selling advertising, I can tell you what I'm actually seeing instead of being told what I need to say. <laughs> and that's, that's a big deal. I sold advertising space in a magazine before I started in this business. And uh, our magazine that was pretty good. I went out to government buyers at all levels of government. And uh, many of you in this area may have remembered the old Penton publishing business. The, uh, um, they were around and had 40 magazines. Uh, this was before the internet. And, um, I guess Al Gore was just getting warmed up. <laughs> just kidding. But, uh, anyway, the, uh, reality is, um, it was a really interesting time. It was a really interesting, interesting experience learning about, you know, how government makes purchases. By the way, when you add all those levels of government, I'm not sure exactly what the statistics are today, so I'll double check. But, uh, 20 years ago, when you added all the government together, it made up nearly a third of all the purchasing in the country. And they were the largest, they bought more of everything than anybody else did. They bought more cars. 
They bought more paper clips. They bought more paper, including toilet paper. But it's not them who is making the shortage right now. <laughs> they bought uh, everything, literally everything. Because when you think about it, government at all levels of government, when you put the military in, in there, you put the uh, parks and recreation, uh, you put your local cities, yeah, it's like a third. It's like one-third goes of all purchasing is done by government. That should give you some some solace in this time of turmoil because that spending's not going away. In fact, they're going, going to increase spending during this time period, uh, and they have. And these these loans, I think I I just applied. I don't know if I I don't even know if I did it correctly. I just applied for this loan for my business. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the response is. Uh, and uh, I really don't even uh, I don't know. My income has my income been hurt? Yep, my income goes down when the stock market goes down, big time. So uh, is it okay? Yeah, we're okay. Yeah, I'm fine. I actually just uh, I didn't even I don't even expect to get uh, the money. In fact, if I end up getting the money, I'll probably end up uh, contributing a lot of it just to charity. So uh, just interesting, interesting times. In uh, We're coming in every day, by the way. Um, I live literally about five minutes. I would go crazy if I had to stay home all day. <laughs> I do work a lot from, from home. In fact, I can work anywhere. I have a uh, laptop, well, my laptop anyway. It's got kind of a high-end um, security on it. Uh, and we have, oh, I forget what they call them. See, Gary does all the technology in the office, <laughs> and I kind of leave it up to him. But uh, um, what do they call that? It's it's protected. Anyway, we so we have networks, and we've got uh, uh, a lot of protection. Most of it we don't really need. The, the companies that we work with, so Fidelity and E-Trade, they have an unbelievable amount of, of technology and are extremely safe. That's one of the good things about dealing with someone like myself. We're not the custodian. And they, they Even if they hacked our computers, they couldn't get at Fidelity's and they can't get at E-Trades, not through us. So that's a really good thing. That, that can really help out. By the way, if you'd like to call in today, the number is 216-901-0945. We do have a lot of good stuff to talk about, but uh, I do have a phone call I need to take right now. This is Steve. Yeah, hey, how you doing, Bill? Good, how are you? Good. Hey, great show, but I got a question. How does the bond market trade differently than the stock market? And I'll hang up and listen. Uh, Okay, it actually... It trades a lot differently. The bond market, you know that there's not actually a, a one or two or several organized exchanges for bonds. Uh, whenever you want to buy or sell an individual bond, that actually gets shopped. It's very pretty archaic, actually. And uh, um, normally your bigger firms, like if I were going to go to Fidelity, that's who I would go to, by the way, because they do more fixed income than just about anybody on the planet. Fixed income and bonds are one and the same in most cases. Uh, so I would call them and we would talk. Uh, we would get quotes. I can look up pricing on various websites to see if it's close to the uh, uh, regular bond prices or, or the average bond price that's out there. And uh, basically we take bids. Now, if, if I'm... Looking to buy bonds, and we're we're taking offers. So, 
Uh, it's actually really labor intense. It's unbelievable. But uh, I'll have to come back to that in a minute because I got to uh, take a quick phone call. And I have John. John, you're on the Bullington Capital Report. Oh, am I on now? You are. Uh, okay. Yeah, um, I I did something this week, I think. Uh, well, actually, we, uh, you, you would uh, agree with I... You know, I've got the RMDs. I have to. I have a, a, a the traditional IRA, and then I've got a Roth. So what I did, I think this is an opportunity of a lifetime. <laughs> I want to reduce my RMDs and my uh, uh, So you did a conversion. Yeah, I uh, well, I've got a mix, but basically, I've got index funds in uh, the S and P. Sure. I've got uh, small cap stocks, uh, you know, a little international. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is, I sold everything. Well, uh, with everything being so low, I did a, a conversion. So I converted all of it to a Roth IRA, thinking that I'll take the tax hit now. And uh, I watched how much I went. Uh, it was a fair amount, uh, but I didn't go into the next tax bracket. So oh, nice. uh, I felt that was good. Yeah. And um, so we'll wait and see. But I, I'm banking that, you know, uh, maybe a year or two uh, will come out of this. And then all the gain, of course, <laughs> in my tax law free. <laughs> is uh, no taxes. So. Right. Uh, Anyway, that's what I did, and maybe people can think. I've always been converting a little bit each year from, uh, you know, to my Roth, but I thought, man, I I think this is an opportunity. I don't know if you feel that way. but Yeah, uh, no, I I think it's pretty smart. That's a good one. (laughs) Yeah, so, uh, uh, yeah, I wanted to share that. uh, I listen to you every week. Oh, thanks. uh, uh, I... uh, yeah, and maybe somebody will uh, take advantage of it, but it, it's it's when you go through that cash register when you do the conversion. Yeah, well, yeah, you actually you have to do what you did. You've got to look at it, make sure it's not going to uh, bump you up in taxes. You don't you don't want to be uh, converting to the tax free if it's going to cost you more money to do it than it would have had you just left it alone. Oh and, yeah, right. So you got to do that analysis, and it sounds like you did it and did a good job of it. So. Well, and That's you uh, well that, and, and then you don't want to, like I say, you go through the, uh, you don't want to do a transfer when everything's real high. I mean, because then it went into the Roth. Now sure. I'm losing a bunch of money. Well, I'm probably still going to, but overall, I, I think we're at a kind of a low point. I mean, you know, I'll never hit the exact low. You yeah. Know? yeah. Anyway, no, yeah. nobody ever does. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, there are two types of people that do: the lucky and the liars. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, and by the way, that second category outnumbers the first category by about 100 to 1. <laughs> okay. Well, right. well, have a good well, weekend. That, yeah. Yeah, you too. I hope that helps somebody. Or, yep, uh, absolutely. Anyway, thank you. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yep. Stay safe. And I got to go to Don. Don. Hello. This is Don Hoyer. I'm, I'm calling you to give you some information about Hillsdale College, if I may. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, you, you mentioned in your email that, uh, you know, in this time when we don't have uh, 
if we can't get out and, and do stuff, uh, Hillsville has some really wonderful courses that you can get for free uh, online. Nice. Uh, they have uh, five, five major categories, uh, and uh, and uh, basically, to, to get a really quick history of them, they were formed in 1844 uh, as a uh, uh, religious Baptist uh, abolitionist group, and they were formed in... Uh, in uh, well, let's see, what was it? Arbor Spring Arbor, uh, Michigan, and it was a time when kids could you could in that time you could travel by train. So they got into Hillville and then walked two miles to the college. And uh, after a few years, they decided, well, it'd be better just to move into Hillville. So that's how they they formed maybe oh eight eight years after that at as to Hillsdale, as Hillsdale College. Okay. Yep. Uh, and, uh, and the, the thing to do, uh, since, uh, we all have time stuck at home, <laughs> yeah. you can, you can take advantage of, of their free courses and they are free. There's a chance to, to give, uh, uh, a contribution to them naturally. That's awesome. Uh, and, and if any, if anybody deserves it, they do because they, they're doing a, such a great job. Right. They don't accept any federal money. Uh, and so they're, they're all supported privately. But, uh, the way to, to get them is to key in Hillsdale College Free Online Courses. Okay. Uh, Hillsdale College Free Online Courses. Oh, what's easier to do, what's easier to get into it is Rush for Hills, Rush for Hillsdale. Okay. <laughs> that sounds good. Hey, th- th- thanks for that information. How are you feeling? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Well, that's good. That's really uh, we'll, we'll have to get together as soon as the uh, uh, virus goes away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyhow, uh, Rushford Hillsdale or Hillsdale College free online courses, key that in and, and you'll, you'll get a, 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 some uh, information on them. That sounds okay. great. Well, hey, thanks for that public service announcement. They, they, they owe you. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh no. Well, well we owe them because they've been yeah. doing such a great job right. so long. Yep. Well, okay. Ha- have a good Thank weekend. Thank you, Bill. Sure. Bye bye. Yeah, that's awesome. Hillsdale College free col- uh, free courses online. Uh, I'm a little upset. I think I just paid some money to that master's class. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Actually, I got a free master's class. Uh, my uh, the guy that does the tech in our uh, business, our office. Signed up for it, and if he signs up, he gets a uh, get gives to get somebody a, a free one year subscription. So I signed up for it. It's pretty neat. The uh, it's amazing what you can learn online. That is blowing my mind. Uh, and I'm going to start a YouTube channel. I just I decided, you know, just I know I've been talking about it for years, and I've got a few clips out there. Of, but I'm taking this downtime. And here's what's happened, by the way, the technology has uh improved like dramatically and so in in other words it's good for dummies like me <laughs> i'm only a dummy when it comes to editing video and uh sound you know it's just a wow you, you don't really appreciate what goes on at your radio station behind the scenes and or in, and i can't imagine the broadcast because there's just so much stuff there and uh, so anyway, I'm taking the time to uh, learn one particular package, 
And I'm going to start with that. So a lot of this stuff, you know, and at some point in time, I'll probably start to live, uh, you know, simulcast these shows. You can do that through YouTube now. It's amazing. I remember thinking, uh, well, well, I'll come back to that a little bit later because I, I know we're about to take a real quick commercial break. So I'm going to go right to the phone and pick up. Uh, is this Dr. John? I'm not a doctor yet, oh. but anyway, I'm still <laughs> okay. I'm going to get away from pharmaceutical, but uh, I want to piggyback with you. I did some homework as an old teacher. I called some of the banks to find out. After all, we will get through this. I got more faith than most people are born here. Yeah. Number two, liquidity, they pushed very imaginatively. Internal revenue is going to put the lowest income up front, even the Milton Friedman, negative income tax, earned income tax credit, they're going to be first in the line from what I understand. I'm more worried about the computers crashing at the Unemployment Bureau and at the Internal Revenue. Right. There's crap everywhere. And the other thing is, one thing they could have done, I'm not trying to be critical, there are a lot of enrolled agents there. Small business is the lifeblood of this country and capitalism. Mm -hmm. Their taxes are filed, the payroll, there's a lot of small businesses use their own software as well as their own payroll, not just the ADP. ADP is relied for employment statistics, and paychecks is there. And there are a lot of local payroll companies that are there. And just like a lawyer is supposed to be representing the Justice Department in an indirect way when they got the license to practice. The same way, I think internal revenue can expand through the private sector, and the people who are in need the most, paycheck to paycheck people, Right. Smaller business cannot waste time filling out all the forms. Right. I called a couple of banks. I don't want to mention the name yesterday. And even J.P. Morgan was not ready, even though it was supposed to be a two oh, it's gonna, Yeah, it's going to take a while. Yeah, And but, it's going to take time. I did and, fill out an application, by the way, just as, for the heck of it. Small business is going to get back on the speed. Otherwise, oh, yeah. I don't care what kind of statistics they have or who is in the White House. I don't care. Right. Small business is there. That's the service business, especially maybe bigger companies, financial sector. All right. Hey, but John, I hear the music. That means we got to take a commercial break. Uh, but thanks for calling and uh, stay safe this weekend. And you're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned because I will be right back. It might be hard to hear, but let me tell you, dear, if you could see what I could see, I know you would believe. And we're back. Hey, this is Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. You can also find me on my website. Uh, it's BullingtonCapital.com. You can go there and check the contact us form if you have a question. Um, if you have a comment, that's fine too. Um, try to get back to you as quickly as we possibly can. Uh, it's been interesting the past couple weeks dealing with some of the bigger financial institutions in the world. And they're actually moving very slowly. <laughs> I and I know everybody thinks, well, duh. And I'm like, yeah, I know the, what, the, what, the, what the background of these companies are. They're extremely well uh, managed. They've got ample staff and they just have to be bombarded. That, that's all I can say. These guys are just overwhelmed. It's amazing. It's actually amazing to me. But anyway, 
Um, you know, there are some uh, opportunities out there. And one of the things I really wanted to talk about is that how the economy grows after this. You know, this is going to cause growth. And it's kind of like, you know, do you peel the Band-Aid off slowly, a little bit of pain, not too much, or do you just rip it? Okay, well, this is one of those rip it moments where the economy's. <laughs> I, I guess I shouldn't laugh, but the uh, um, realistically, this is what's happening. You know, so you've got a, a virus that's extremely contagious and basically can cause death through what is very similar to pneumonia. Okay, so the lungs just fill up and shut down. So the uh, chances of you getting it are pretty high because of the ability of this virus to replicate itself so quickly and it hangs around for a while. So that's why we're doing all this stuff. When we get through this and we're going to get through it, when we get through this, I think you're going to see a stock market rebound, the likes of which we have never seen. I don't think that's my personal opinion. I think this comes back faster than anything you've ever seen. The money that they're talking about handing out, $2 trillion. Okay, that's less than 10%. That's less than 10%. So if you shut down the entire country for two months, okay, so you shut it down for two and you're not shutting the whole thing down, by the way, because you've got the essential businesses. So the impact is probably right around the amount that they're actually packaging to send out in-care packages to small businesses and uh, giving people grace periods on their mortgages and all this other stuff. You see, these guys know how to do the math. They know how to do the math. And that's where that care package came from. And you know what? I think if, if it turns out being worse than that, they'll adjust. They'll adjust. I am so impressed by how quickly so many government agencies, not just in the United States, but around the world are acting that it, it's really a good thing. So, I'll get off that stuff right now, at least for now, and talk to you about some other opportunities that come through this. There, there are silver linings to this dark cloud. And one of the silver linings is our, our jobs, actually. The number of jobs that are going to be created, the industry that's getting the big boost from this that's directly related to that. When you think about it, the medical field which was already one of the top uh, industries as far as potential employment goes because the aging of the U.S. population is changing. Change, nothing is as constant as change. Well, anyway, it was, it was favoring medical industry. Now, I mean, there are shortages. If you're a young person, you're looking for something to do, here, here's an idea. A respiratory therapist, you know, the ones that they're talking about now. Do you know, I checked into it. You can get a bachelor, I'm sorry, a, a, uh, you don't have to have a bachelor's degree. You get, you might make a little more money if you do, but you can get an associate's degree and being a respiratory therapist. The, the demand for that's about to go up, kind of like the demand for security guards, for homeland security, people that even from uh, the lower end that don't, they just check driver's license. I'm, I'm sure you don't have to have a lot of training for that, not nearly as much training as you have to have if you're going to be carrying a gun. Does that make sense? Uh, I hate to be that blunt, but I, you know what? I don't have a lot of time. I have to be blunt. <laughs> so, uh, 
what I'm saying here is that they, they're going to be there's going to be a need for these people constantly, and it's going to it's at a permanently higher level now, permanently higher, because once they get this under control, somebody shows up in the hospital and they recognize the symptoms, they're going to go, oh yeah, that there we need to go over there. Also, the equipment that needs to be manufactured, that's going to be a permanent demand product now because we are woefully underprepared and we're going to have to stay at certain levels. So that's a big deal. You know, kind of like, you know, like I said, Homeland Security created a huge number of jobs. So is this. That's not typically the way you would like to see economic growth, but that's the end result. The end result is that the economy is going to grow because of this, because you have to prepare for the next pandemic that comes along. And if this, if this one ever flares up again, and I have no doubt that they will find everything they need. There's going to be a vaccine that's going to be available in less than a year. I doubt that this goes personally because I've just, because of what I've been reading, I think over the next few months, it probably slows down a lot. If it's anything like other pandemics were, uh, it could be different this time. You know, if it lasts a year, that's going to be, they'll pull out the stops. The Fed is doing everything that they should be doing. They're doing everything they should be doing. And it's a beautiful thing. I didn't think they had the guts to do it. I really didn't. I'm sitting back going, yeah, I know, you know, I know what they should be doing. A lot of us do, especially if you studied economics at all. Anytime in college, you didn't have to major in it, by the way. The, uh, but you knew Keynesian, uh, you know, monetarists, you know, we've, they're doing both fiscal and monetary policy. Wow. You know, they're not holding back. So now getting it executed, that's, that's another thing altogether. And I, I don't think it's going to be easy. I, I know it's not going to be easy, but the execution now is everybody's watching. So if this works out pretty well, this could be, you know, by this fall, even actually a couple months from now, could be just a distant memory. So in the meantime, there are opportunities out there. Might be a little bit early to go completely all in. I'll let you know when the coast looks clear. And here's, here's the idea behind this. What do I mean by the coast looks clear? You're not supposed to be trying to time the market, Bill. You said that's impossible. Well, it is impossible. You can't get it exactly. And those people that tell you they buy the bottoms and sell the tops, they think other people don't have access to charts that you won't be able to know and go and, and check up on them. And like I was talking about, the uh, there are two types of people that buy bottoms and sell tops. The first are lucky. The second are liars. And it just happens. That, that's what they do. So you can't really, I wouldn't listen too much to the general public. What I like to look for is I look for the, the stocks that are investable by institutions. Institutions, what are they? Those are exchange traded funds, mutual funds, third party money management, uh, money managers. That's somebody like, I won't bother explaining. It's just not that big a deal, but you get private money managers. There are certain types of stocks that they can invest in, especially if they're regulated. Most of the money that, that's in this country is ETF and mutual funds. Uh, and then you have pension funds. And But the mutual funds and ETFs make up a huge percentage of that total. And they're restricted from buying companies below a certain size. 
Why? Because if one big fund decided to buy something, it could push the price up extremely high and then turn right around and dump it. We've been seeing a lot of that stuff going on. Well, if they didn't have these rules, that would be a lot more frequently. If they didn't have these rules, every month would be like the last two months. Every month would be like the, you would talk about, nobody would invest in stocks. <laughs> it would be, they would be too afraid of all the volatility, which is very interesting because this, that's the case in Europe. About uh, two out of one in five households has money in the stock market there. They don't invest in stocks. That's crazy. Their, their stock markets actually have, if you go back, you know, over the past hundred years, most of their stock markets have done better than ours. And nobody invests in them. I mean, like one out of five households has any money in stocks. That's that's pretty in, interesting, as far as I'm concerned. But the um, bottom line is, uh, I just did it to myself again. I lost my whole train of thought. <laughs> that gets me a little uh, um, uneasy when I hear about this. And when when people are paying money, you're, you're talking about, you know, they're talking about the reality of maybe going negative interest rates here. It might. They might charge you money to keep your money safe for you. Yeah, that that could easily happen. Uh, that would encourage people to put more of their money to look more for stocks. And the stocks they're going to be looking for, by the way, are the ones that pay dividends. I, I hate. Well, let, let's talk about investing in dividend stocks for a second. Last week, I, I mentioned a fund that's one of my favorite funds. And what does it do? It looks for high quality companies who are paying dividends. So they're screening them for uh, quality, things like low debt levels, things like high profit margins. Got low devil, low debt levels, high profit margins, and then you're looking for higher dividend yields. Well, the yield on that fund is a little over 3%. And every time I say that, people go, oh, no. Oh, that's way too low. Okay, well, let me explain something to you, Lucy. The, uh, when you go above a 3% dividend yield, you are taking on more risk. <laughs> it's just a risk. You're increasing the amount of risk you're taking and you don't know it. You think it's safe. You know why you think it's safe? Because it's what you want to believe. You want to believe it because you do, you would definitely not go to your, your spouse or your significant other and say, Hey, I bought this great fund today. It had a 5% dividend yield. We're only taking an enormous amount of risk for that. That's not going to happen. You're probably going to say, oh, is, they're going to go, wow, 5%. That sounds great. Yeah, is it safe? Uh, <laughs> well, and, and you know what's going to get a lot of people in trouble? They're going to go, oh, sure it is. Sure it is. It's, it's super safe. Can't get safer than that. Really? When you see a, a, a dividend or an interest rate that's 2% higher than what you can get on a CD or a treasury, that's risk. And what is amazing to me, having been in this business for you know, over 30 years now, is just how much the risk goes up by for 1% or 2%. It blows my mind. It really blows my mind how much more risk you have to take to get 1% or 2% above what you could see on a CD. That is mind-boggling. And I know I'm probably upsetting a whole lot of people right now because they bought stocks that have dividend yields of 6 or 7%. Now, 
those stocks, again, you're taking on a lot more risk in most cases, especially if it's a stock. I mean, it's, it, it's not a CD, it's a stock. And uh, so to get in those levels, there are some securities out there that are paying dividends that are above the three or 4% rate, but they're going to have extra risk there. Is there, is some of that risk worth taking? That's the other question. Because not all risk ends up in losses. Some risk is higher risk, but it ends up in a profit. But you took higher risk. Don't forget that. So what I'm saying is I, I think that a lot of stocks are getting to that point to where the risk levels are reasonable given the returns. I think the risk in view of the return is pretty reasonable. Now, there are a lot of them that aren't. I'm looking at stocks that have seven or eight or nine percent dividends. I'm wondering, you know, what kind of debt does that company carry? How much profit are they generating? If you're not profit, if you're not generating profit and you have a ton of interest payments you have to make, it's only a matter of time before you decide to, to file for bankruptcy because you can't afford to pay the dividend. And then, you know, who, who benefits from that? You know, nobody. Yeah. So it's very, you got to be very careful. And quite frankly, I would stick to funds. I wouldn't go with individual securities, individual stocks. It's crazy. You know how much time you have to put in just to analyze one company? And I know I get people calling saying, well, what do you think of this company? What do you think of that company? I would never invest based on a 60-second, even my own 60-second test. The 60-second test is a screening tool. That's to eliminate companies that I would definitely not invest in right off the bat. When you can get to that point, there's a big benefit to that, by the way. In fact, mine is uh, super. I've actually simplified it since I wrote that book, Look Out for the Bull. And if we ever get the ability to hold another seminar, I'm going to show it. I'm going to show you how I'm doing it. I'm also, at some point in time, over the next month or so, hopefully, I'll be able to put out a video on it. And then you can go just go back and watch it. And when you don't remember. Because I didn't memorize it the first time I looked at it. In fact, it took me years to figure this out. And it's a shortcut. It's a shortcut. I'm going to tell you exactly what I did. So, in fact, next week's show, I'll probably bring some examples with me and show you how I think about that kind of stuff. It, it's actually relatively simple. Having said that, you know, I've done this for 32 years, so I have no idea what new people think anymore. And I try to speak as simply as I can. But there's certain things you just have to sit down and sometimes you're going to have to study. Unfortunately, you may have to study. But hey, it's only your life. <laughs> Some people say, <laughs> your money's not your life. No, but it does dictate the kind of life you're going to have. So anyway, I hear the music. That means I got to take a real quick commercial break. This is Bill Bullinger right here on 1420. Stay tuned because I'll be right back. Single 
And we're back. You're listening to Bill Bullington here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. Feel free to go to my website if you'd like to get in touch with me. There's a contact us page there. Uh, hopefully we'll find out when we can reschedule that seminar coming up. I did get a suggestion by one of my clients that I might want to try Zoom and maybe do an online. So we're looking into that and we might do an online like a webinar. That should be pretty fun. Um, I have to learn the technology, which is uh, not very fun. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but uh, it's just difficult. I think anybody above the age of 50 knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go to uh, Walter. Walter, do you have a question for us? Yeah, Bill, just comments about the uh, pandemic and stuff, and sure. you know, and maybe some stocks. But uh, uh, one thing that's been overlooked uh, are people who don't have uh, a computer and Internet at home. Uh, one of the ways, if, you know, and I, I'm, you know, I have, I had a netbook, it crashed on me right. and I had a friend tell me, just go to library. You can get on the internet and, you know, you've been to library and sure. I've seen people on a regular basis because that's what I did. Got my email, you know, all that stuff. Right. That's now gone. Right. And that has not been addressed that there, you know, everything's online and there's people now during this pandemic that can't get online because the libraries have been taken away from them. And yet they demand that you, for instance, the census thing should be postponed right now. Right. They, they got this census coming at you. I get these uh, invitations. I haven't been able to fill out the census. I'm not online. I call the phone and they tell you on the phone that because of the virus, they don't have enough phone you know, representatives. And see what the, the problem is, is that if you don't fill out the census, uh, that's required by law, they're going to send someone to your door. You know, that's the last thing you need in a pandemic. You know, this <laughs> yeah. whole thing is, is not being coordinated well. Well, you got, you know what, here's the thing. You have 330 million people. Well, I'm going to give you a task. I want you to call 10 of your best friends Monday morning before noon. Good luck. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's just incredibly difficult, and I get it. That's why I was talking earlier on the show about the changes that are going to come, and this is unfortunately it's how humans learn. It's called experience, and I always said that experience was the best teacher, but it's a lot better if it's somebody else's experience that I can learn from. The uh, but it's a it's a slow process. It's very aggravating. Uh, it's you know people aren't doing what you see is is obvious because it's not obvious to them yet and uh yeah that's part of the frustration of this this whole thing uh in uh, but i i can you'll i can bet i would bet that after this is over and all the new procedures kind of like when you go to the airport all the new procedures that are going to be in place uh we'll, we'll get through it and then the next time it happens it'll be a little bit easier but for right now it is a mess Oh, absolutely, Bill. Um, uh, I'll give you another one. I heard this by, uh, you know, a uh, conservative's favorite person, Bernie Sanders, on The View Thursday. Yeah. He was saying about the health care, and I had not thought about this. He said in the stimulus bill that was passed, right. health care is not covered. So if you get hospitalized by this virus, mm-hmm. you're on your own. And he says the trouble, you know. You know oh, you mean... Your health Obviously, insurance, you know, your health insurance will cover this. That, yeah, okay, but here's the thing: if you lose your job, right. oftentimes you lose your insurance, or you can't afford the premiums because you don't have income. Right. Now we're hearing that the checks coming to people who don't have, uh, uh, you know, uh, they don't send a direct deposit may take months to get there, 
And he says, you may have a big bill if you have uh, to go to the hospital because the stimulus bill does not cover. Here's the, the thing. Uh, and I understand exactly what you're saying, and it is a mess. But if you go to the hospital and you're sick, they have to treat you. Oh, they have to treat yes, you. To but treat you. In, in the end, how long is it going to take before... Uh, you know, you have all these bills coming at you. I mean, just rent, you know, shelter. He's, you know, I mean, even in Ohio right now, the food banks are uh, saying that they're running out of food, that they need $25 million just to get them by for a short time, you know? Yeah, there, there, there's no doubt that there are uh, absolutely, this is an extremely hazardous terrain that we're on, and there are a lot, an unbelievable amount of challenges. An unbelievable. We've never seen anything like this before. So to have passed a two trillion dollar package as quickly as it's gotten passed, to me that says something. By the way, I don't believe that this is new. This virus is new. I think I had it last year. I was as sick as I've ever been. I've never been that sick, and I'm telling you, if I were in my seventies, I'd be dead. There's no way. Now I played Division One football in college. Okay, scholarship, and finished. You know, one out of 10 guys back in those days ever finished and got their degree, by the way, because we worked 50 to 60 hours a week, 10 months out of the year. I would have been better off being a slave. <laughs> and I have never been that sick as I was last year. I had, it felt like somebody had reached into my abdomen, was grabbing my intestines and twisting them. I would go through uh, sweating profusely. And then freezing a little bit later, I had congestion. It was the, I thought my head was going to explode. It stayed for a month, a month. That was over a year ago. So I think that this has actually been around a lot longer than anybody's ever, you know, realized or uh, was willing to admit. So anyway, that's only my personal opinion, but, uh, you know, there are, uh, we've come through a lot of things like this and it's, it's never pretty. It's never, uh, you're just unprepared. They caught us flat footed. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So I never, Bill, simple thing. I've never been through a drive through at a bank. All the local branches are closed. Yeah. You know, I don't even know what to do. I was asking people, <laughs> what do you do, you know, yeah. and uh, cash a check. You know, all this stuff is everything is thrust on you sure. uh, at once. And, you know, you're just not used to it. You know, right. you, yep. you know, you get stressful, everything. Yeah. Um, one thing about the stock market, yep. um, uh, I hear people talk about when, the, you know, obviously the stock market has sold off so much. You know, mm-hmm. um, I heard this uh, a while back some years ago. And uh, uh, I don't know if everybody knows. I don't know. I, I don't think I knew it. But when there's big sell-offs like uh, you know uh, New York Stock Exchange, sure. um, I always wondered about this. If more people are selling than there are buyers, who's buying what's being sold? Yeah, and see I was told this yeah. that they have banks that represent the stock market on the corners of the market uh, in New York, and the banks are buying what cannot be bought by uh, well whoever told you that was sorely mistaken they absolutely do not know how the stock market works i was here when they when real people were down there and they were doing the trades so i have a much better idea (laughs) and i'm telling you for every seller there's a buyer and for every buyer 
there's a seller. They ha- It has to work that way. So what happens is the buyers can become more aggressive and be willing to pay more dollars. That's how the share price goes up. Or the sellers are more aggressive and are willing to accept ever lower prices. But there's always a buyer and a seller. Whoever's being more aggressive at the moment determines what the what direction the prices go. And if it gets out of hand, like they've you know they've done all these, uh, they, they stop and take the timeouts regularly now when the market's moving up or down. But yeah, there's whoever told you that uh, uh, was mistaken, and that's okay. I, there's a lot of stuff that's talked about. This is not really taught in you, you have to. It's not even taught to college kids. I'm I'm talking to some college kids who are graduating. They're getting jobs working for big financial institutions, and I'm listening to what they're saying, and I'm like, holy cow! Well, I would go and ask for my money back from that university <laughs> because you're not you're gonna get killed. The, uh, uh, with, with the knowledge that they had, but so in school of hard knocks, they're going to learn. And, uh, but yeah, for every buyer, there's, there's gotta be a seller. That's why the share prices sometimes are, are so wild because occasionally, yeah, nobody wants to step up and buy when somebody wants to sell. It it seemed like in theory, that would be hard to match up. If there's an avalanche of sellers, how can you match that up with buyers? Well, that's why you see those big spikes in prices every day, like 20 or 30% on a stock. I mean, that is nuts. The, uh, and that wasn't that common, or maybe it was common. We just didn't get to see it because now it's all computerized instead of having people actually doing the transactions Mm -hmm. Uh, and reporting, by the way. The actual last price that was reported, I remember seeing reporting that was behind by like a half an hour. So nobody actually knew where the current price was. <laughs> Think about that for a second. Uh, today you, you type in, you know, you go to your broker, you can type in and you'll see what the current price being offered is before you hit the send button. And you're doing a lot of the stuff that, uh, that people down on the floor used to do. Uh, you're just doing it yourself. Uh, one last question. Um, uh, in your own, uh, you know, for the people that are your uh, customers, mm-hmm. um, uh, any panic to anybody who was selling during the big sell-off? You know, this is probably the first time I haven't had anybody sell and go completely to cash. I've had a few people where we've raised some cash and we're getting ready to go back in. And I, I'm glad you reminded me of that. Because the uh, there's something that I watch. It's not a predictive thing. And this this is the problem with 99 out of 100 non-professional investors. They want you to make a prediction that's going to be accurate. And that is the death of most individual investors. If you have to be accurate, you're going to die a, a horrible financial death. You have to be willing to be, it's kind of like horseshoes, Actually, there there are three activities where close counts. Horseshoes, hand grenades, and the stock market. <laughs> anyway, hey, Walter, we'll have to carry on this conversation next weekend. Thanks for calling, though, and have a good week and try not to worry. But then for the rest of you, you've been listening to Bill Bullington here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon on 1420. Have a good weekend, everybody. Good luck and good investing.